me a dead guy. Grab his hands. I can't do this. Grab his wrists. You got it? He's, he's twitching and shit. Hey, why don't you just take the cab? Take the cab? Yeah, you take it. I'll, I'll chill. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just chill. They don't even know who's driving these things half the time anyway, man. They never check or anything. Okay, so just, just take it. You, me. You promise not to tell anybody, right? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Promise. Get in the fucking car. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 142 Whoa. And my name is Scott. My name is Jared. My name is Michael. Welcome back. Thank you. Hello. You're feeling better. Yeah. That's Mostly. Excellent. You're Mostly. alive. Yeah. This time of year sucks. Damn. Everybody's sick. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have Mike back on the show. The Trinity is complete. On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching before our featured review of The Florida Project. The Florida Project. From Sean Baker. He did Tangerine on an iPhone two years ago. And he did this one on an Apple Watch. <laughs> I think he used 35 millimeter film because oh. it's a pretty sweet looking movie. It does look, it looks pretty. pretty nice, yeah. You can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play. Yeah, check, check. Tune in radio. Check. Mm-hmm. Stitcher. Check. Yeah. Podbean, I think. Whatever the fuck that is. Yep. Sure, sure. Uh, I don't know. Whatever you want. Whatever turns your pod crank. Our podcast seeps into the darkest corners of the internet. like Nooks and crannies. Like some sort of weird... Like the sand in your wet bathing suit. Yeah, I guess. I was going to say like a lightness. (laughs) You can visit our website. It's verticalviewing.com. That's where our donate button lives. Uh, And that brings you to PayPal. It's easy. Put in one cent, one Bitcoin, whatever you want. Dogecoins. We appreciate anything. And everything. But Multiples if, of 10. If you want to help us keep the lights on, offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, then you can go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. You can sign up to be a hydrogen, helium, or lithium level supporter. And then you get access to the back catalog, the vertical viewing vault, which contains Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. It's Jake Gyllenhaal love letters, basically. Just, no, it's just... That's Jake all it is. We keep Jake Gyllenhaal in this. <laughs> Release him, please. He needs to get out of there. Fundraising to... Pay for his bus out of the vault. So there's reviews of Snowpiercer that should be up by the time you're listening to this. Uh, we also got Superman Returns, Dune, Clockwork Orange. It's so fun over there. But the best part is that you get to drive the bus. If you sign up for Patreon, then you get to tell us what we watch. Next month is going to be Under the Skin. Mm. Just oh, December is not determined yet. So if you sign up, you can tell us where we're going in December the Instagram is back up and running. How Yay. good is that? What it did looks we do? Slick. It just happened. Well, you sort of just gotta shut it down. You gotta burn stuff to the ground before you, gotta, you can. You hold in the power button until <laughs> all the lights go off. Have you reset your phone? And then you you press it again. Our Instagram account was flashing twelve o'clock for a couple of months, but it's back up and running. Twitter's okay though. Twitter's always cool. At Vertical Viewing on Twitter. Check me out on Letterboxd. It's so good. You guys don't. So I have the app on my phone. The fans can. I think that's it. Verticalviewing at gmail.com if you want to let us know how you feel. Uh, rate and review the show. Yeah. There's a few things I watched. I don't know if you guys got to anything. It's probably a not, busy week not, for Red. Yeah, it's been very busy. Mm. Very busy. I've had a sick child. Yeah. Mm, it's not bad. cool. Busy. Messy. Uh, yeah yeah gross that's the that's you're binging on that i guess and you don't want to know uh mike anything uh i finally finished watching american gods on amazon prime oh i'm just gonna take my headphones off actually no i read the book so have you not watched american gods yet no i haven't oh it's so good go past the book or no it doesn't uh it's only eight episodes so it only gets part of the way through the storyline um it's fantastic. Like this show has style in spades. Uh, they really like extreme close-ups in on this production. Like anything, if a tooth is knocked out of someone's head, 
it just slow mo like macro zoom. It feels very Zack Snyder. This this show. Macro oh, lens. That doesn't lens. sound yeah. like a compliment. It doesn't seem. What are you talking about? I felt Zack Snyder all over the first. Like that that whole Viking scene was. Oh yeah, no, Snydery as hell. The writing and when you mention when you mention slow mo. You know, that's my, true. My, sorry, my defenses go up. I'm, no, it's, I'm sorry. it's fair. Three hundred was a thirty-minute movie. Um, <laughs> you just ran it at <laughs> oh, fuck. three frames per second. Yep, exactly. But the writing, because it's based on American Gods, Neil Gaiman's book, is top-notch. The dialogue, uh, Ian McShane's delivery on so many of the lines is spot on, and he is just a marvel in this series. I prefer him in hot hot rod uh myself but that's true i mean it's not every day you get to see him in like gym shorts wrestling andy samberg uh but yeah if you haven't checked it out totally check it out i like i got prime simply because man it's a good deal cheaper than netflix and it's this, got a lot of is good this shit show on it coming back for another season uh i believe it is it ended on a cliffhanger so it better i mean it's got crispin glover Crispin Glover, yeah, oh, and cool. Peter Peter Stormare as well. And Peter Stormare, um, and we were just talking about X Files. It's got uh, what's her name, Jillian Jillian Anderson? Anderson is in it. She has aged like a fine wine. Ooh, uh, she plays the the god Media, mm. so she's always dressed in like I Love Lucy stuff or things along those. Isn't lines. she sitting in a limo all the time? Uh no, that's one of the other new gods, like in Mr. World. It's a complicated it, it, show. Basically, everybody. if you have no idea what American Gods is, a brief synopsis. We've mentioned is, this before, yeah, I believe. I'm just gonna throw it out there one more time because you really check it out. It's cool. Uh is that the old gods are sort of fighting the new gods for the soul of America. Old gods being ones that have come along with like settlers and first nations. Yeah, because beliefs come with uh immigrants, right? So they manifest as actual beings. America is this melting pot of different cultures. So now we've got a bunch of gods. And so internet that, and media, that, and that's when the Vi- <laughs> when the Vikings came over. They brought all their like evil Thor. gods with them. Well, they would have brought Thor and like <gasps> Mjolnir and all, all right. that stuff yeah. would have become real. Yeah. So that's friend. And speaking of Crispin Glover, I actually watched Back to the Future. <laughs> all right. <laughs> nice. Uh, Red, you you're waiting to finish American Gods before you get to it. What, like, no, I've read I've read, read the them, book. Yeah. I yeah. just haven't got around to watching the show. I get you. They've definitely changed a few things in the show uh, from the book, but it's great. I'd only watched up to episode two. I think the last time we talked about it, and I finally got around to to watching the whole thing. It did not let take long. I binged the shit out of this. Mm-hmm. I had started when it was releasing week by week, and then stopped. And now so I finally now got around to, suck to it binging all up. it. It is pretty dope. Stylish view, as fuck. View it vertically. It's good. As it were. Uh, I watched Collateral starring Tom Cruise in Jim Fox. Yeah. Jimmy? It's it's amazing. Michael I mean, Mann? Say, say whatever you want about the movie. Is this Michael Mann? Yeah, it's yeah. Michael Mann. The, There's the, the cinematography, no tension, eh? The cinematography is quite poor. It's, it's in the early days of digital. And it is... As grainy as an iPhone at like, if you're trying to film at night on a shitty iPhone or anything with just artifacting and crappy looking static everywhere. Just noise, right? A lot of noise because they're filming at night and they're filming a lot of shots of like LA and the the backdrop and the landscape and aerial shots. And it it looks like it it does because you're like seeing into the night. It's really awesome. And if you haven't seen Collateral, it's really the script that is the masterpiece here because it's about Jamie Foxx as a cab driver, just a mild-mannered dude who's got a sweet little tropical paradise postcard in his, you know, in his, got his glove bowl. compartment or whatever. He takes a vacation whenever he wants, man, 10 times a day. But then Vincent comes along, Tom Cruise, with Damn it. What, Vincent. Is, what is still a badass haircut, I might add. Like, his his silver, spiky fox hair, whatever, like, it still looks pretty cool. One of Tom Cruise's best roles. What yeah. year was this again? Oh, four. He's a, he's a hitman and basically hires Jamie Foxx to drive him around and drop him off at each of his five hits over the course of one night. But, but what's going to happen at well, the end of the night? I mean, maybe some shit's going to go down and you're going to ride the subway all day, every day, just sitting there, slumped over. 
But the, the, <laughs> the script is amazing. I think when I finished watching this, I said, this would really work as a Broadway show. It would. The majority of the movie is just in a cab, and they're more debating the morality of, of what he's doing. And there's, a, there's an, a really awesome relationship between Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx, where they're actually, in a way, looking out for each other at some points. Tom Cruise genuinely likes, I think his name is Max. Yeah, it's just a really complex relationship that forms between these two guys over the course of this movie, despite all of the illegalities of Tom Cruise's work. He's blowing people's brains out. There's this great scene in this movie where Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise pull up to a building. They're in an alleyway in downtown L.A. Uh, Tom Cruise is running up to go ice one of his targets. Keep and Jamie, meter running. Jamie Foxx... Uh, Tom Cruise, you know, sort of plastic zip ties his wrist to the steering wheel and says, don't go anywhere. Uh, and as soon as Tom Cruise leaves, Jamie Foxx starts banging the horn with his head and honking. He's like, hey, I'm in the cab. I'm in the fucking cab. And uh, what do you know? Four dirtbag skids come wandering down. Like the people that he just randomly calls out to on the streets of LA just happen to be four like they're not thieves. people that are going to help him yeah and, and and they pull out guns and are like give me your fucking wallet and say, can't you see I'm tied to the fucking steering wheel right now and this is when Tom Cruise comes out and blows these two dudes away and this technique that Tom Cruise uses he puts two bullets in these guys like sternum basically right in their heart and then one in the forehead so there's six it's shots in total. Gangster, right? Well, it's not even gangster. Police forces and po- police shooting, academies yeah. use the footage from Collateral of Tom Cruise executing these two guys in their training classes. What? The, really? Tom Cruise's technique is so accurate and good, and it's an example of what they teach in like actual police academy or like military academy almost that they use it as as an example. And and it's like even better than apparently some of the graduates can do and shit. Well, uh, because it's Hollywood and it's not real. No, it's one shot. Tom Cruise does it in one shot. I mean, it's not real bullets. Yeah. But the technique is still like he fires them in that short of a time span. It's it's almost right, right, like right, some right. Lee Harvey Oswald kind mm-hmm. of shit. It's, it's you're getting six shots off in a insanely short period of time to an insane degree of accuracy. It's almost as good as Keanu Reeves. What, with the John Wick stuff? Yeah, we've all seen Keanu Reeves. With yeah, that's like, realistic, right? He just shoots out legs and then in the head, though. Like, it's a little different. And it's all digital squibs anyway, so No, I remember th- you saw the footage of Keanu Reeves training to be... Yeah, that was hardcore. amazing. When you see Keanu Reeves run, it's a, it's a bit of a sad story. He's got a bit of a Harrison Ford He's just got kind really of, long legs and big feet. I think there's some hip problems going on He's in got, Keanu. Have you seen feet. the Matrix movies? Yeah, that was... You see what he did to his body for that shit? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Collateral is an amazing movie, guys. I'd want to go see it on Broadway right now. You should write the screen, the stage. I mean, it already exists. It's the movie Collateral. The Collateral stage play. It's so good, man. Adapted for the stage. Uh, yeah, that's it. I think I played Titanfall 2. It's pretty cool. Nice. It's giant robots. You can jump in them and jump out of them and I fight played, with them. Um, Uncharted 1. It's got the jankiest climbing controls in the history of the fucking world. <laughs> you ever want to jump off the wall? Play Uncharted one. the The second one gets a lot Uncharted, better. Uncharted two is way better. It's but the pinnacle of the. Series. Good lord! It is almost unplayable. You're trying to go from little thing to thing, and you just goes. Aah. Oh, Nathan! Nathan, you Nathan don't go Drake. where I want you to go. Um, Nathan, where where I want to go is to or the Magic Kingdom. Well, I I, I just want to go down to the poolside and hang out with that old lady. Shows her boobies all the time. Uh, that would be Gloria. Gloria's at the pool. The Magic Cat. We're going down to the Florida Project.
It's only second week of the summer and there's already been a dead fish in the pool. We were doing an experiment. We were trying to get it back alive. That wasn't my and, idea. And water balloons thrown at tourists? You can't fuck with tourists. They didn't tip us. Are you serious? No. Oh my God, this is unacceptable. I failed as a mother, Mooney. You disgraced me. Harley. Yeah, Mom, you're disgraced. And I'm going to talk to Ashley, by the way. When your friend puts you in charge of her kid, that kid becomes your responsibility. You ain't taking responsibility. And you got that one, too? She's from Futureland, right? Oh, whatevs. You got to relax, my man. You going to redo my expense reports with your whatevs? Your kid killed my night. I wanted to watch the ball game. You're going to pay me for three hours that I got to work later? Hey, guys, pay the man for his three hours. I don't have any I don't money. Have, I don't have any money. We don't have any money, you shit out of Speaking of which, you haven't given me this week's rent yet. So that was a clip from the Florida Project. The story of a precocious six-year-old and her ragtag group of friends whose summer break is filled with childhood wonder, possibility, and a sense of adventure, while the adults around them struggle with hard times. Okay. That sums that up. Is that, is that it? It's probably more complicated than that. I don't think that, that's it. Right? I, I think, don't think that's it. Yeah, I think it's like the apple doesn't fall further than tree. And, you know, uh, no, I don't even know if it's that. I think it's... Uh, 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 yeah, it's how it's a, a go row 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 your boat kind of thing, or nature uh, nurture. A, a, a mother <laughs> takes care of her daughter and makes increasingly poor choices to allow the daughter the freedom Ooh, Red to just, he's doing a better job. Imagination. The Florida Project is written and directed by Sean Baker, and it stars Willem Dafoe, Brooklyn Prince, and Bria Vinite, Caleb Landry Jones, who's the weirdo from Get Out. Mm. And it also stars our boy Macon Blair, who just needs his He's in fucking. It for a minute. He needs his fucking magic bands. bands back. Yeah, there's a couple kids in this, <laughs> like right Brooklyn P- uh, Prince. Well, she's the yeah I mentioned her. Uh, Valeria Cotto, uh, Scooty's played by Christopher Rivera, and his mom Ashley is Mella Murder. Oh, she's quite good too. Yeah, she's got a sweet shiner. Well, she yeah. gets decked out, and there's no consequences whatsoever. Uh, well, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Well, there's consequences. <laughs> uh, so the Florida Project, this is uh, an adorable little slice of sunshine. Is it? <laughs> kind of. Su- I don't know if it's a slice of sun- no, sunshine. I guess it's not really all ro- this is, rosy. and No, it's about motel kids. And like this is a, a glimpse into poverty. This is, this is about how painfully close people can live to comfort. Like if Disneyland is, is the utopia... This is about how people ride a really thin line making, you know, really, really heavy choices to support their families that are dangerous, like prostitution and selling drugs and all kinds of... It's it's nasty, right? Motel life is not a nice life. This is the invisible homeless. I think I've heard the term invisible homeless used. Right? They're not homeless, but... They kind of are. They are. Technically, they are homeless, but they're living week to week in motels. And there's an interesting part in this film where Willem Dafoe, Bobby, the best landlord ever, probably. He's got a heart of gold. He says that you have to be out of here 24 hours. I'll see you in, you know, 24 hours. This is the law to permanent... To prevent you taking up residency. It's illegal for, you know, them to stay more than 30 days at a time. So for one day out of a month, then you got to scram and find somewhere else because you can see a jancy's place like you can see what happens when they don't make them do that right but mom's got like a crock pot yeah a a turkey cooker and like pictures on the wall and it's it's, uh it's a different kind of kind of poverty so what did you think that you know this doesn't sound like an easy sit but it it, i think it is it, it is not as depressing as it could have been um, Red, what did you think of the Florida Project as a movie? Did you like it? I did like this movie a lot. I thought it was uh, a really <clears throat> human look at, uh, I think, uh, a, a a whole swath of American population that does that is sort of invisible. Like, um, I haven't seen a movie like this. I haven't seen this sort of subject matter explored. Um, however all of this glowing praise that is coming out of everybody about this movie. I don't really get it. 
Like it's it's not in my opinion, this is not by a long shot the best movie of 2017. Like it's really good, but I have a big list of movies over here that I would say are equal or better to to the Florida Project. Um and when people say it's Willem Dafoe's best performance, he's I, I think he's done way more heavy lifting than this. This I is think, a pretty standard performance for him, I think. Yeah, this like, this movie is great. It feels really real, and there's a lot of tense moments. Actually, there's not a lot of tense moments. There's like three tense moments. There's some really great acting by some kids in like two scenes. But otherwise, I wasn't blown away by this. I wasn't wowed by anything. You know, there was... There's a couple visuals that are sticking with me, like the orange hut and stuff, but and the pink motel... But it's mauve. I, actually, I did right? not. <laughs> I did mauve. not like ha- Hallie or Haley. I did not. I did not like her. Well, you're, I don't believe you're, you're supposed, supposed to. to. No, but as an actress, I mean, I didn't. She's an Instagram model, right? The only, the only part that I did like that she pulled off is at one point when she screams, "Fuck you!" Yeah, and and then on when I was thinking about that, that's not because of how she does it. It's because of how the camera is only on. It's the framing. It's not the acting. So Brooklyn Prince, you know, Mooney, right near the end, a really heavy scene, really well done for a kid, for anybody for that matter. But I don't know. The bath time device was pretty good. Crazy, right? Where uh, she's washing the hair of her little dolls and yeah, all and that. Yeah, you keep getting glimpses of her. You think it's just cute bath time. Yeah, and it's not sub- so good. That's very subtle The reveal, right? Suggestions. Pretty yeah. horrifying. When you know, there's a there's a kid in here. Yeah. So red is red is a fan, but the hype. I'm not as effusive as I think some critics are. Separate yourself from that. Yeah, it's okay. Even even if none of the hype existed, you'd still have the same opinion. If there was none of the hype, I don't even think I would have seen the movie. Well, you do a film podcast, so yeah, but it's not. Sci-fi. It's not. It's cutting kind of, edge. It's, it's not. <laughs> yeah. There's no real reason for me to to go and see the Florida Project if there's no buzz. Mm. Personally, if you're the only dad in the room, and you have a daughter. <laughs> yeah. So I would go see Blade would, Runner again. I would think you could relate to this movie better than anyone here. Yeah, but it's not. I, just personally, it's like... You know, you live in a motel, right? So. Yeah. I, <laughs> I already know this story. No. Um, I, I just... This isn't the kind of movie that I want to go see. So it doesn't... I don't know. Mike. Okay. What yes. did you think of The Florida Project? I also thought this was a very well done film. Uh, Willem Dafoe has a good performance in it, but I like he has definitely done better. Th- I actually preferred him in... Uh, what's the... Irish Brothers. Reservoir Dogs. Boondock Saints. Oh, he's terrible. That, not his Reservoir character Dogs, is his character terrible. His character is hilarious in Boondock Saints. And he Saints. is terrible. There was a firefight. <laughs> see, uh, see, about, about this, Platoon. The thing, like, I'm sort of with you here, uh, Red. This movie's got a lot of buzz because, A, it doesn't... I haven't seen this subject matter covered anywhere before, so it was great for that. It was good to bring that out, uh, spread it to audiences. I think a documentary would have been better served. But it probably wouldn't have found as wide an audience. I think there might be one or two of those. Oh, possibly. Uh, the The kids were great in this, but they were the, they were kids. I don't know if there's a single scene in here where they're acting, uh, and that's that's what took me out of it a little bit because it felt like I was just watching them film these kids. Like, hey, you need to say this or whatever. Like, they're so we're just watching children play on screen. Uh, and then like Will- when Willem Dafoe was talking with her, like you can, s- you can sort of see that he's just working with this kid doing whatever, like she's got the specific thing she needs to say the very end scene, which is super emotional. I, when you were talking about how like, that's a better performance than a lot of other actors. I don't think that's a performance in any way, shape or form. Like, it just seems like they riled her up and got her super upset because that is a, like that is intense visceral emotion that's going on there. Maybe she's just a, a, a budding star at six or seven years old, but I don't believe that kids are necessarily capable of faking that level of emotion that young. I think I, I'd have are. to know more. I'd have to know more about how that was shot, yeah. I guess, before really committing to a opinion. Yeah. But like, I loved 
how it was following the kids, like this poverty-stricken family or these families and just showing how they live. But the kids don't give a shit. They don't care. They're having a great time. It's summer break. It doesn't matter where they are. They're happy. And but, but they're not. Being, I don't know though. I think that's what the final scene. I'm not going to give well, a spoiler I mean, yet, but I think that's what it shows is that there's actually they all just have a wall and they have to to protect themselves and and you you only for a second in this movie ever get a glimpse beneath beneath a couple people's walls and and that's one when when Mooney is is yeah, but I don't know if. The, I don't know if the kids have the wall per se because they don't like they're fine with what's happening, right? Like they're they're eating, she's hanging out with her mom, she's they're going off playing, uh, and then all of a sudden that world is shattered. So like that's where we lead to that. Um, to Mooney, it's been all fun and games this exactly. whole time, right? She's been oblivious. It's she's lived in her own little magic kingdom, you know. I don't know if she is oblivious. I think that's part of the tragedy of this. Well, it just show, it, sh- it shows you how crucial childhood really is and how I think one of the themes of the movie is really that you can never really know how, how much any given thing impacts a child as they're growing well, up. Like it, you, it, it's unknowable to know how much influence any given moment in, in a child's life sticks with them and 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 defines who they are well and all of the not i maybe not all of them but a lot of the kids and a lot of scenes in this is with the adults and the people that know what's going on trying to preserve and protect that innocence like with the scene with what's his name creepy dude showing up and will that willem dafoe has a great encounter with this guy just charlie coachman keeping him away from the kids because he seems a little off Oh, so, he's super weird. So, oh, yeah. So all of these adults are doing their best, even though it's not a great situation to keep these kids happy and just oblivious. Like, the mom is making a game out of making money like and selling perfume and all of that shit. But we see these kids lose their innocence. And, like, they've been playing. They've been allowed to do whatever they want. And protecting them this way hasn't done them any favors because when it does happen, the wall comes down hard. Like and it, it hits them so hard. But I think that's I think they know more. Like when we see the one kid move away and his dad just he's like, we don't have room for the box. Give away he's all your toys. He's the best father in the movie. He's the best parent. Like, in the, like, he actually disciplines, he disciplines his him, kids. Yeah. Like you know, he's grounded for a week after what you pulled. Let me ask you guys this: If you spat all over someone's car when you were six years old, what would your parents have done to you? I would have been grounded for a week. At it least. would it would have yeah. been pretty serious, right? That's some serious shit. I this, can't think of it. Like this car is absolutely soaked. <laughs> I can't believe they did that. Like how? Where did all that spit come from? Yeah, they, they were probably, doing it for a long. I think they hung time. out for like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just two kids spitting on a car. Um, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I, I I've seen this twice now. I have cooled on it. The, the film festival environment will definitely amp a movie up, but the ending to this, like I want to say, the GoPro footage. <laughs> I was trembling in my seat the second time I saw it. I, I, it's involuntary. I don't know what it is. The moment when, when she... Are we in spoilers? We're not in spoilers, but the ending to this movie... Hand in hand. ...shifts dramatically to uh, a, a really emotional, kind of really driven, experiential kind of camera work. And I'm won over by it but every but both times I've seen it, and it... And it I love the ending. It, it, like, if you wow them in the end, if you leave your audience in a moment like this does, uh, I, I walk out of it completely knocked flat every time. Even though the movie does meander and it is it is disjointed and it, it does have a, a vignette kind of feel to it. Um, it definitely and it, has And that. it might be slightly too long. I don't know. I didn't feel any of those things. Like I, no. I felt it was sweet and warm, and but I think no, but the, like, when it ended, the people in my audience were like, "What the fuck?" Well, see, it, it won me over. That's the point. It definitely won me over. Like I loved the ending, but going back to your points about it meandering and feeling like vignettes, I actually thought about leaving about forty minutes in. Really, I was like, "What is the point of any of this shit?" Like, what is? Why am I just watching these kids run around? Then it actually started to focus a little more. Pull out of context, I think each scene does have a point on its own. Like, if you're looking at each sequence, I think the movie's telling you something about Mooney's life or Haley's life at any given moment. There might be a sh- uh, just a shot of 
of of Mooney wandering around in the rain underneath the motel for ten seconds, and that's it. Um, and and all this is just painting just little parts of neglect, or you know, her getting her own food, just to illustrate her independence. How much more mature Mooney is than her own mother, right? Haley can't even go out and get her own food for Christ's sake. She sends Mooney out yeah. to get free food from the back of a restaurant. Yeah, I, I, I thought that as a character study, this thing works really well. Maybe as a movie, like as a plot-driven film, it it might not work as well. Red, you disagree? You you didn't find those? No, I actually felt like that meandering that you described to be kind of pleasant. Like it's a nice, it's like a nice walk around through, you know, uh, a humid part of Florida on a nice day with some fun kids. But wandering around abandoned buildings and smashing them with a yeah, baseball bat. Totally, that would be fun as hell, right? Yeah. And I don't know. I would probably advise against taking any sort of like incendiary <laughs> tools. <Yeah>, sure. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, these kids run around with no consequences, right? And that's one of the major problems here. And and even when they are faced with these consequences, they still don't recognize. The severity of yeah. their actions. Yeah, so when they, they spit all over the car... And what, she makes a new best friend out of it. What are you little bastards doing? They're, they're singing and dancing and playing, and she, she brings her friend in to help clean the car up. She Well, when they're spitting, not only and, do and they spit on the car, they call her a ratchet fun. bitch. Yeah, yeah, it's not supposed to be fun. So they don't learn any lesson here. Mooney learns no lessons after spitting on the car and being made to clean it up, right? It was fun for her. The whole time, this is this is great. She's, she lives a carefree existence. She's spraying the, the aerial, and she's cleaning the, the fucking... It's very funny. <laughs> uh, well, she lives the carefree existence. It, means it, it, she it, doesn't. it just illustrates that discipline mm-hmm. is largely useless on these children. Because they haven't experienced discipline. real discipline, they're not they're not getting it in, in in a proper way. They're giving middle fingers to the helicopters as they fly by. Now, I want to ask you guys, what is Sean Baker getting at with like the helicopter theme is is reoccurring? We get shots of helicopters flying in reflections of windows and the the sound of choppers fly, taking off. There's a there's a helicopter tour company next door to the hotel. Could it be? What that is that supposed it must to just be mean? Classism is like. Well, I'm thinking, could it be that, like, you know, an it's, escape it's part of the into... Disney tours, right? And it's so, like, the utopia of Disney brings with it the, just this ease of, of ascending, right? You can, you just jump into this magical vehicle and you travel up the socioeconomic ladder. It's, it's, it's showing their place in... Yeah. They're stuck on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're this and close. There is this escape waiting for them. That's what I thought we were getting at at the end when we switched to that GoPro footage. I thought, oh, we're going for a little helicopter ride. Uh, which maybe we get an alternate ending be mm. kind of cool. The, the movie would work equally, I think, if we got a cool. Maybe she flies up into the sky or something. Um, th- it doesn't. It works way better with what we it, get. It definitely works better with because it makes my heart explode. Um, but yeah, the the movie just follows these these little vignette kind of adventures as they they cut the power. And get then, ice cream. Yeah, and, and I, I like when Bobby restores Safari. When Bobby restores the power to the building, and everybody loves everybody loves Bobby. There's this low angle shot of Bobby. Yeah, that's in the trailer. Yeah, you know, I love you. I love you too. And he's his arms are up in the sky. I mean, he's very clearly some sort of godlike, magical wizard figure. <laughs> I I don't know if I'm reaching there. There's a scene I where the, I think wizard is a bit of a reach, but I think I don't know, man. He likes it. There's he, shots of wizards. There's a wizard store they go by. Uh, I'm getting like a sorcerer's apprentice kind of. I think he's just showing that like how someone with a little heart can mean everything to someone who who is in a a position of poverty like these people. I but I get I get the idea that he is the. The wizard of this, the king of he this also castle, the power, right? Like, when when he lights the, his cigarette as he's overlooking the balconies, surveying his kingdom, it it is perfectly timed. When he lights that cigarette and takes a drag on it, all of the lights of the hotel spark on at the exact same time. That's an interesting shot for sure. It gives a sense of him being this king of this kingdom re- in a reluctant way, not as this. 
Because he's not even the owner, right? He's no. just the manager. No, he's yeah. just he. You know, he's he answers to someone else. <laughs> yeah, the, that this, Persian dude. The scene when he comes in and he's like, "Thank you, management." He's telling you him how to, to make. You have to make a your sign. Bikes to the back, to the very back. And uh, and we have one week. Or Bobby cut is them off. so attentive. He's writing everything down. He wants to be the best manager he can. And I just, I love him as a character. And I, I think it's the kind of performance that Will Willem Dafoe's never given in terms of the subtlety. And the, and the character that he's playing, there's no character in his filmography that's quite like this. I mean, maybe he's given... He's probably just playing himself. More over-the-top and more impressive performances. But there's a scene in this movie where Haley gets the money in maybe a sketchy way, and she's paying for the week's rent, and Willem Dafoe wasn't expecting her to be able to cover that week. Uh, and he says... Where'd you get the money? Or you know, he's uh, like rejoin the workforce. Do you oh, trust yeah. me? Right? Haley asks if you trust me. He's like, he got me there. Right? And and the look on Willem Dafoe's face, the way that his smirk turns up and his whole face twists in this bashful, awkward, like what are you doing? Beautifully Julie? human way. That's where I see Willem Dafoe's mm-hmm. amazing performance. I've never seen him do anything quite like that. That's true. And he's got such a scowly, ugly, Dick Tracy fucking face that when he shows that much earnestness and sort of raw fragility, I don't know. I, I, I've just never seen him in, in so... In the like- sens- likable everyman sensitive role? Sensitive and likable of a, of, of a person. And, and when he, like, he just has nothing to say. Can I count it? Can I count it? I just can you get out of here? He says, "Can you get out of here so I can count it?" Get out of here! I don't know if that's when she sticks her maxi pad on the window. No, no, that's just the. I've never seen a woman (laughs) protest in that manner before, and it took me by surprise. Uh, But yeah, so the the pedophile scene we were mentioning both times I watched this in the theater, uh, I had the same exact reaction. So this weirdo pedophile wanders up to the playground and starts fucking around and. He's just Willem Dafoe is really creepy and he weird. ain't having any of this. But however, Willem Dafoe is doing he's doing the painting because this place always needs mauve paint on the fucking walls, <laughs> except for like the four yellow bricks. Yeah, and the scene where the paint can falls off of its little hook and smashes to the ground. What was your theater's reaction? Because it both times I saw this, I had like a. <gasps> Like a completely yeah, like shocked, a, oh like a hori- horrified reaction is what I describe it. And really? people thought that he was going to kill Mooney or something? No, just more of this instinctual, what would you do if you spilled a bucket of paint? It's that reaction, right? I, fe- I just feel like it's a very human, oh shit kind of moment. It's definitely an oh shit moment. <laughs> having, having spilled a bucket of paint, uh, yeah. it was more like, man, I'm glad that's not me. And it's a perfect sort of kickoff to the tension that is arising in that moment where Willem Dafoe is kicking this weirdo pedophile off the property. I just thought that whole scene was really well done. and Artful, yeah. The way that Bobby lets him take a, take a sip of the drink before he slaps it out of his hand. And- well, that's to me the real human. Like yeah. You're trying to balance your urge to just... Beat the shit out of this guy. Like, yeah, go this animalistic old man on this has creep. Wandered into your hotel and says, but you're also, "Oh, I'm looking for a soda." Right? What a dumb excuse. Yeah, and and he just loses it right when the finally the guys and so he, when he loses it, it's like it's not like there's a clear line that's been crossed. He just can't handle it anymore. And this guy's sipping the ginger ale and Canada Dry, motherfucker, slap that <laughs> yeah, out of his did, face. It did look like a nice Canada Dry, didn't champagne it? of ginger ale, right? Oh, <laughs> Doesn't deserve that. Um, so he slapped it out of his hand and. Yells at him and threatens him and shit. So, Takes his wallet. So Mooney gets in with the wrong crowd, I guess. She's hanging out with Robbie. He's got a lighter. Bad news. Scooty. No. Scooty? Sco- Scooty. Sco- Scooty's got a lighter. And it's not. It's got gonna, a naked girl on it, too. Yeah, I know. It's good, right? It's not going to end well because we're going over to the, to the abandoned project. It has nothing to do with Scooty. It's fully Mooney. You think so? 100%. Well, she, that's. Yeah. She gets him to light it. Yeah, I, I mean, it, and then I think in turn it might be Haley. Haley encourages bad behavior on Mooney's behalf, sort of to justify Haley's own immaturity. Like, is that fair to say? Well, Mooney mimics Haley's behavior, and then yeah. Haley acts badly, and then doesn't own up or take responsibility. Mm. So when Mooney acts badly, like vis-a-vis the fire, she on the way back is the one going like. Okay, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Just don't tell anybody. We didn't yeah. do anything, right? Yeah. Don't tell anybody. And like, she just learns from her mom. 
that scene where she's taking the selfie in front of the fire is gold. I want that on my like phone background. Just Mooney with this awkward, <laughs> shitty look. Like, don't, why are you taking a selfie? If I did this. It's like, yeah, this is more exciting than TV, right? Standing oh, in front of the man. fire that you started. But I think that there is an element of Haley encouraging this bad behavior. For example, the scene in the restaurant where it's... Just Eat whatever you want. Disgusting behavior. The, the like telling her to burp, right? Let's see. Let's have a burping contest because I'm too immature to deal with this social relationship with one of my friends. I'm going to encourage poor behavior to make myself feel better. Like I'm going to tell my daughter to to make an ass of herself in this public place. I mean, it's it's disgusting. Well, giving the finger to the helicopters, like all that, that's it. all her. All of it. And it's all it's all because of her own immaturity and her trying to make herself feel better. Yeah. I think that she does come around at the very end. I don't know. Mm. But it's at another dinner breakfast scene. Um, That's a defeated situation. Yeah, it might be. I think just with without defending or justifying her neglectful behavior, the movie romanticizes to some degree like this carefree lifestyle devoid of any responsibility. You know, accountability is not there. That's what summer vacation's about, I guess, for a kid. But Well, it's obvious, too, that Mooney doesn't go to school. Well... When she's talking to Jancy about yeah. what school is like, Jancy's like, you know, there's recess. Mooney's like, that's it. You don't. You don't get to do anything fun. <laughs> yeah, but I this is all day. This is a life suited for children, obviously, not adults. Mm-hmm. And that's what Haley's doing, right? She's sitting there watching daytime TV, smoking blunts. All she smokes are just giant blunts, right? And cigarettes. They just look like big fat blunts all the time. Smoking in the room again. But it, yeah, it's just underlining her immaturity, impulsive attitude. Her childishness, way more immature than her own six-year-old daughter, right? I think the movie goes out of its way to sort of underline that, right? We Well, there's a sequence where she, when her and her friend Ashley uh, dropped their kids off at another, we, we don't even know who, like some other random parent's house, and uh, they go out clubbing or whoring or whatever, uh, and they're acting like it's, you know, they've been waiting for this forever, well, they probably like, are. Yeah, we got rid of those kids. Yeah. We can now go I off know. and I don't know. make poor choices. When you leave your kids, you're actually like, you think you're going to be like that, but then you're just like, ah, fuck, I miss my kids. I know, but this movie also goes into how resilient children are and how you know kids are capable of experiencing so much joy and pleasure in the midst of so much hardship and and depression, right? Like they're they could be completely oblivious to all the alcoholism and drug abuse and process, like all of the shit happening around them. To some degree, they can just completely ignore, and and every day is still pie in the sky. Like, oh, well, I don't know if they're ignoring it, but I think it's to show that they do experience the same joys. They just also experience maybe a different spectrum, a different continuum of joy because they're seeing things that we don't. So you know, they might not. I, I think to, for them yeah. to feel a little bit of joy is a, is relatively more because they're experiencing deeper sorrows and they're experiencing you know more tragic circumstances. The, the, the swings of emotion are are yeah. greater, and, and when you feel yeah. the the darkness and and Mike has something to say. No, no, no. Like I, I agree with you, and it's just an, an interesting look at uh, how they're going to become their parents, too, basically, is what's going on here. Like, we're yeah. seeing... Bikini selfie. Yeah, that's so fun. That's all an excuse to get her in photos for her prostitution yes. profile, right? Yeah. Um, they're not... Th- that's not for bikini selfies. We're not having fun. It's, hey, that's why she Take takes... my picture. Yeah, t- she takes all the stuff off the mirror and all her f- baby photos down. Um, but despite all this, I think you're right. Mooney does show some awareness to her situation and how broken it is. She even says they're sitting on this big willow tree that's fallen over. And she says, you know why this is my favorite tree because it's fallen over and it's still Still growing. growing. Yeah. Interesting to note that tree is dead. (laughs) That tree is not alive. Well, the metaphor still exists, doesn't it? I mean, I thought it was interesting that she, she thinks it's still, she regarded a dead tree as living. Okay. I think that's not, 
potentially what the point of it was. I, I thought. I think that makes it a little more profound, actually. Maybe she's like I, I would. I would. Suggest- she doesn't recognize what a living tree is. She she recognizes this. It's in the shape of a tree, and it's got the limbs of a tree, and it's got green stuff coming off of it. But it's dead. That's moss, and it's you know, it's not. Mm. It's not changing. It's not growing or getting any bigger, right? It's not. I took it to mean that she's coming from you know a broken home. I also saw that, and and you know she still has so much more of her life ahead of her. That's truly how she sees it, absolutely. And when she says that, I think that's what she means. And I and I'm not disagreeing, but I think it's both, right? I think it's showing her rose-colored glasses Sean, the situation, while to simultaneously yeah. the reality of things. Sean Baker sent me a DM on Twitter. So I'll I'll ask him. We can see what he says. Yeah, what's right. that tree all about, bro? Yeah, I think the fact that there's so much nice leafy foliage on those new willow branches, or at least the ones that appear to be growing straight up off of other trees around them. Yeah, we can we can discuss this in our uh, Florida project commentary commentary mm-hmm. when it's released on VHS. Um, why didn't Ashley call the cops? For just what is a blatant assault? That's not really something you would do. Also, yeah, inviting the cops yeah. in would be not cool. I think. Yeah, anyone who brings the cops in for something along those lines is you're going to be labeled as an outcast. And I quickly. think she's probably worried too. Like she already showed concern about losing Scooty over the fire. So like any, I think she's probably dealt with the law before. Yeah, so she any, she doesn't want any any encounter with them, and it and it removes her from Scooty. accountability. It's it's most likely not her who makes that call to child services. I think it I totally think it is. is. You think it is? Yeah. That's her retaliation. Instead of bringing the cops into report, it's it's that. Yeah, yeah. a much more. Um, how how can I cut deeply? Like this y- is a, this, this is, is the, the furthest I can go. Yeah. yeah. So the the final scene before we get to spoilers that I want to mention is the buffet scene in which yes Haley takes Mooney to a country club a hotel which I think they've gone to several times. It's one of these country clubs that they're selling perfume at. They're just soliciting for their own personal services at Some this resort in super ritzy resort. And they just wander into the hotel, which I'm surprised more people don't just do this. Can you not just go to any hotel, give them a fake room number, and then dig into the buffet? I mean, who's going to know? If you get out of there quick enough... it's. I think if you know how to do it, you can. Yeah, yeah, but most places need at least a room key or something showing that you're there. But you can still fake that. Yeah. There's, there's websites about this, infiltrator.org, like it, how to go to swim in, in really kind of, fancy hotel pools and stuff. It's just on the honor system. They just trust that like, no one really does it, so they hope that you don't. But you totally could if you wanted to. It's just like walking out of Walmart with a canoe. So Who's going to stop you? <laughs> because no one's just going to take a canoe out of Walmart. What is Haley... Trampoline. Yeah. What, what is Haley thinking in this scene? Because there, there's a lot going on in her face and the style of shooting changes here to straight on close up shots that are dead on into the camera. And Mooney is adorable as fuck here saying, you know, this is the best sausage I ever eaten. And I'm going to eat a raspberry and a strawberry at the same time. I mean, all of this is done in a way that none of the rest of the film mm. is. Well, and it feels like they. Does Haley know that this is her last yes. moment yes. with 100%. Mooney? She's taking it all in and focusing just on her daughter in a way. So how she, does she know that this is it? Because she still behaves in a, in a way that suggests that she is unwilling to accept the situation, right? When Child Services does come and says, this is it, Mooney's going to be taken from you today, and you're going to have to deal with it. She doesn't, she's resigned, she, she, though. She doesn't... Yeah. Like she didn't, she was not surprised to see them at the door when they came back. No, so she it, knew it is a, a sort of a that thousand, you know, yard walk down to the. She knows her fate is sealed, um, but I guess it, does she change her mind when when she sees that Mooney is not reacting well to the to the news? Is is that's when she dumps her bag out and says, "Fuck this." No, she's when they start giving her a hard time, like she's. It's any you want, you want me to help any, you in any situation of vulnerability. Haley does not respond well to any sort of friction not or really. any conflict. Not right? really, mm-hmm. right? We, there's been there's some reason to believe that. 
Um, and you see Bobby navigate this really well. He's always calm and caring with her and, you know, he smooth things over. He understands her needs. He recognizes the painful position she's in and how she just wants to take care of her daughter. With these people, they don't care. They're taking Haley, so she but, flips her lid. Well, they do care, though. It's just the fucking Scooty screwed the whole thing up. Yeah, I guess. Like, everything was fine yeah. until he said, you're going to live with another family. Yeah. Um, so they were being respectful. They were being kind. Shouldn't have dropped that, that bomb on Mooney just like that, because she doesn't really know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, all of a sudden that threw that's her... Much, well, that makes her run. Yeah. And that's where we get into spoilers... Because the best part of the movie is the last 90 seconds. Which is an amazing way to end this movie. Rosebud. Runs to Jancy's house. She runs to Jancy's house. Pounds on the door. And says, I am never going to see you again. And and this is when it gets... Sputters out through like... It gets dusty as fuck. She's super emotional. She can barely talk. And she's like, you're my best friend. What's what's going on? What's wrong? I might not see you anymore. And I can't say goodbye. And this is when Jancy, the moment she grabs Mooney's arm and they start running and then we click into GoPro what did you footage. Think? What did you think? I, I said earlier, I thought we were going into the helicopters, but that, I knew as soon as we saw them, the mouse ears, that's when my heart literally started pounding out of my chest. I've never had this reaction in a theater before where my body was trembling. I, I don't know what it is. But there's something extremely like manipulative about what is happening in the end here. That's crazy. To to a bittersweet degree, where I, where I'm, I don't know how to feel. I, have you ever been trapped between a laugh and a cry? I'm sure you have. It's it's a kind of a bizarre feeling where you you're kind of laughing and you're kind of crying and you have this weird kind of trembling in your chest. And that's what I feel at the end of Florida Project because the implications are kind of dark and we don't really know how Mooney's life is going to go it's probably going to go quite poorly but for this brief moment this or better than it is yeah I mean who knows who she's going to live with or what or how much impact her mother is really going to ultimately have on her but for this brief moment her and Jancy have run to Disney World and can you imagine a more fun thing than running to Disney World with your friend when you're six years old I mean, just well, I think that's the, what the whole point is, is that she goes to try to say goodbye and we don't know exactly, it's exactly like you said, we don't know what her future holds. It's totally hazy. She could end up with a nice, nice foster family. She could end up in a horrible, abusive situation. We don't know. But we do know that Jancy showed her this wonderful experience of having fun and living carefree moment to moment. And actually what they had already was Disneyland. So it's like, for her to realize, you know, I love this friend and, and we had a great time. You know, I've, I know what Disneyland is. So for us, the viewer, that's what we're treated to because that's the only thing that we know. But the implications and ramifications of all of the events of the movie linger long after the credits roll, which are silent, by the way. There's no music yeah. during the closing credits. Yeah, all we all I can hear was people in my audience going, what? like, what? There's what this amazing crescendo of strings and I think that has something to do with me having a fucking heart attack during the last 90 seconds but like I'm trembling out of my seat and then the movie cuts to black and then it's dead silence as the credits roll I mean I said on Twitter I haven't I haven't had that kind of experience at an uh, during a film's ending since I saw whiplash where I felt like uppercutted by the end credits by the when the movie smashes to black I'm left with this, like, complete, my breath is taken away by ha- by the editing choice of wh- where you choose to end your film. The only movie that's, I, I can compare your reaction to, like, I don't, I've had not had a reaction like that besides the gasp in Ensemble. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. That's a horrific scene. The, the realization. Uh, Mike, do you have, do you have any other... Things coming out of you. Well, the Magic Kingdom ending? didn't actually happen, right? No, no. Okay. I don't think it's real. I don't think it's real either. They didn't run to. They didn't actually do that. No, not the GoPro the footage Kingdom. is GoPro because it's like not real. It, it's like yeah. dream footage. There, there's, you know what? There's an appropriate time for GoPro footage, and it's right there. Maybe only this, and that's will be it for the rest of time. Like <laughs> it is such a deliberate choice to switch to that footage, and the audience immediately knows 
something's different. Something is different. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would go as far as to say that this is um, this is not actually happening, literally, because I get a more of an escape from tomorrow kind of feel. Dude, kid, you can't just run into Disneyland. No, the, no there, there's no way they would have got through the gate. 100%. It no seems, running into that place. So to me, like I, I, I read it as her friend. Was it Haley? Jancy. Jancy, not knowing how to react and wanting to do something. So in her head, she's like, "Yes, I would love to take you to Disney World or something like that." But so uh, my, it, they my are first in their thought, own little Disney World, though, of their own making. You are right. With my that. first thought, though, right, like immediately as they started running, but no longer as soon as they get to Disneyland. I didn't think this, but. Uh, I first thought because I Jancy and the other girl in there with that woman, I think her name is like Jessica or one of the kid who spills the macaroni and cheese yeah, all over their legs. They're, they're not her daughters, and we no. heard that earlier in the movie. Yeah. She's so taking I care think of a whole bunch of kids. In my imagination, she's running her off, like whisking her way to some like like rescue, like motel kid. Uh, underground railroad type thing where she's going to escape the foster care oh, Florida Project facility too. and well, like live boxcar kids live with Jancy and her Hispanic adopted sister. They should turn into cartoons they're as soon not, as they I walk. I don't think in. they're adopted though, aren't they? That's their grandmother. Like, doesn't she say? That's it. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, like to me, it really just seemed like how kids would love to react if they could, but they don't really have the power to. They can't just run into. Disneyland. Yeah, this is the power this your friend gives you. This is the fantasy. This is what they want to do. But friend gives you the power to. Get I don't know. Into Disneyland. Finally, yeah. Disney For, World. Which one is it? Disney World. For me, it felt a little bit like Escape from Tomorrow. Maybe because that's because I just watched it a couple of months ago, and that's the movie that was filmed illegally at Disney World with right, DSLRs right. and stuff. So I, I I took the GoPro footage to be more of a practicality thing where we had to shoot with GoPro because we're. We're breaking it. We're breaking into Disney World. We can't. Yeah, we but one. I, sh- we got one chance, guys. Yeah, but they still wouldn't have let the kids run through the gates. I don't know. Like that's not even. There's turnstiles and stuff in the gates. Yeah, and like the kids maybe go underneath collectors. it, man. They go right under security. They go right under, guys. Uh, let's throw out some scores here. Red, what are you giving the Florida Project? So out this of is ten. A good movie, and I I recognize that. You know, it's technically a good movie, aside from being a sweet, warm story. And I think we, regardless of how I feel about a story, the the genre, what you know, we got a lot of mileage out of the character development in our discussion tonight. True enough. I think more yeah. so than a lot of movies we generally review on this show. So well written, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a deftly written story. Good plot. Uh, I'm going to give this, and it's it's got award recognition, right? So this is an eight from me. Nice. This is a good movie. That's a solid score. Yeah. I think you wanted to go nine, but I guess... I, I don't go nine because just like I say, I'm biased and this is not yeah. of uh, the genre that I love. Yeah. I've cooled on it myself, I think. I'm, I, I was a nine and I think I'm down to an eight and a half. Ooh. Or a high... It's a heavy eight and a half for me. Fair Mike enough. looks very pensive. He's well, considering... No, um, yeah, Mike. <clears throat> Realize I didn't talk too much throughout this uh, <laughs> this review. But uh, yeah, like a lot of... I, I am with you on a lot of things, Red. I see what you're talking about on this as well, Scott. Like, this movie sticks with you. I've been thinking about it. The ending is fantastic. There is Sticking a lot of like character humidity. development. But is, but is there? I don't know if anyone has an, a full arc. No, but it but it sticks with you. It's well done. It's fun to watch. There's a lot of great scenes going on. Willem Dafoe, those those storks, pelicans, whatever they were, they had a great performance. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give it an eight as well. Mm. Like this, I enjoyed watching this film after 40 minutes when I decided I wasn't going to leave. I can't nice. believe you were gonna leave. How well, how can you because, resist Mooney so cute when she's got pizza grease all over her face yeah but i don't want to i don't want to be the dude that willem dafoe kicked off the lot and just watch kids do shit like yeah. I, like i want yeah we are kind of coachmen like I, I, just, I want a little more to it and then that started happening and i was like okay got it <laughs> yeah i was kind of waiting for the scene when somebody got eaten by an alligator yeah, oh, I, was, yeah. I was totally waiting for that too because they were just 
Like you kept Chilling talking about the streets. final ninety seconds, and I was like, "Dude, Mooney's getting eaten. Scooty's toast. Are you waiting? Somebody's for... getting eaten by a crocodile, and this movie's gonna just. Are you waiting for an M Night Shyamalan character to walk out or something? Well, I was waiting for like the fragility of life, or like the the unpredictability, mm. or something. To, I don't know. I was waiting and, and for I, so, giant lizards in Florida. Okay, uh, so that was our review <laughs> of the Florida Project. It's all about alligators. If you agree or disagree with our takes, please email verticalviewing at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought. Uh, next week on the program is Suburbicon. Yeah, I'm starring not, Matt Damon. Can't say I'm excited about that one. No, this is a Coen Brothers script directed by George Clooney. It has pedigree written all over it. But we apparently, cannot, we cannot go wrong. Right? Somehow, I'm, I'm we've super gone curi- wrong. Yeah, I'm super curious to see how it goes wrong. Yeah. That's more. Morbid curiosity. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working on getting a guest, oh, hopefully a local Queen? Vancouver film critic. Don't know who yet. We're going to see what happens. Um, yeah. Cool. Nice. Where, where can we find you on the internet? I'm on Twitter at Jared underscore Sergeant. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter at Michael Arlind. That's cool. I'm on Twitter at Scott Wilson BC. That's with two L's. The show is at Vertical Viewing. Vertical Viewing at gmail.com. Verticalviewing.com is where you go for all of uh, our episodes. There's blog posts coming soon. We're going to mm-hmm. start writing cool articles. We're going to do like BuzzFeed shit. It's yeah, going to be like clickbait. Why you should not clap at movies. Yeah, this one's yours. I'm all about it. You have had a long-standing opinion on how bullshit clapping at movies is. I will elucidate. I need 500 elaborate. I need 500 words on you. You need to crystallize Enunciate. this opinion. Please tell us why this is the case cuz People and are just being innocent and yeah. just enjoying themselves. Give us an alternative to you. Like, so is it fuck snapping up. or is it like tongue clicking? What's better? Rubbing your nipples. No? Verticalviewing.com. Click on the donate button if you want to help us offset the cost of seeing movies and putting on the show, sticking internet pie in your ear every week. Yeah, that's for one night stands. Yeah, we love one night stands. Pretty but good. if you're looking for a more uh, prolonged relationship. Yeah. Something more, a little more commitmenty. You can do monthly donations on Patreon. Period. Com. Haven't you always wanted to be a slash patron? vertical viewing? Hydrogen, so, helium, or lithium levels. Yeah, yeah. You could tell us what to do. You so, can listen to sweet free stuff. What you do not free is not free. No, you go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing, and then you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. You get access to all. Jake Gyllenhaal is in a vault. You can you can go in and <laughs> you, you can, can go see him. There's a webcam and, where you get yeah, to look at him. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can He's dressed like in Okja. Feed him. Yeah, he's got his cool corduroy pants on and suspenders and mustache. You can throw fruit at him. Uh, but there are reviews on there. Uh our Snowpiercer review should be live. Go to patreon.com. I'm so excited. Red is ready to do this. He loves it. Uh thank you to all of our patrons. You get to drive the bus if you go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. You can suggest the for a film. couple bucks. Yeah, for as little as two dollars, you can tell us what to review. We are cheap horse. Yeah, Saban has suggested Snowpiercer, so we're complying. Um, Thanks for picking sweet movies. Yeah, I know everybody under the skin are like so good. I really think that the the taste of our vertical viewers reflects back on us. It's pretty. It's I feel like our listeners awesome. have heard us mention what movies we love and have asked us to do them. <laughs> Uh, on Patreon. No, which I think is sweet. An official I think just naturally, people with really good taste they have aligned. Listen to our show is is really how it works. The stars have aligned. Uh, go to iTunes. Go to Google Play. Go to TuneIn Radio. All of the places where podcasts can seep into the internet. Uh, are there any final thoughts from you fellas? What's up? The Magic Kingdom at Disneyland. I prefer over Disney World. Just saying. Like, it's it's a better version. However, Disney World has a bunch of parks. It's like a Disney... It's a world. It's like a Vatican, but Disney. Uh, it's it's way bigger. Area. It's its own huh. little country with huh. a bunch of parks. Yeah. The water parks are great. Really, I guess you got to check them both out, but if there's anything I could end with us off Where with, are you going with this? Well, I think this whole episode, not our episode, the, the Florida Project deal with Mooney and her mom, it would have been avoided if just one of those helicopter pilots had opened up the door and pulled like a come on get in the chopper we're fucking